You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. This is going to be a tough episode for us as test match uh, followers and those who are, you know, partial to Indian uh, test matches. Unfortunately, today is the day that India have actually been 36 all out and have lost the first test at Adelaide in a very, you know, abysmal manner. But to, you know, put a little bit of light on this and maybe bring a little bit of cheer to us, we have a guest, Leah, uh, who goes by the name Linux Leah on Twitter. And uh, we basically connected with each other on Twitter uh, through Guerrilla Cricket. So, first of all, I would like to say uh, to Leah, welcome to the podcast, Leah. Thank you very much. You know, uh, we spoke a little bit off air for sure, but I want to also ask you about, uh, you know, how come this strange sport called cricket? How did how did you get attracted to it? Oh, well, um, basically in the 90s, there was um, a type of rusk in Germany um, that was... Um, called tea time and it had sugar and anise on it and on the packaging there was a english country scene with um, a mansion in the background and some people playing some arcane game in the foreground and of course it was cricket Um, but i was fascinated by that image and um, years later when i got into university um, and suddenly had access to all the English uh, English language newspapers, um, there was cricket in the sports pages. So I started uh, following cricket uh, through these newspaper scorecards and everything. And that was around 2003. And um, two years later, 2005 happened, the Ashes, sometimes mm-hmm. dubbed the greatest series of all time. Right. Uh, and of course, that was a really, really big deal. So um, I followed that. And um, a few years later, the IPL started. And in the early years, they actually streamed it on YouTube. Right. So I followed that. And because I didn't really like the guys in the English team and the Australian team. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, Sachin Tendulkar was basically the biggest thing in cricket. I started following the Mumbai Indians um, and I've been following following India ever since. So that's my background. (laughs) Great to hear. So do you have any of your close friends or anybody else who's also equally passionate about cricket or it's just you? Uh, It's just it's just me. (laughs) It's just me. My girlfriend actually uh, sometimes calls it Quidditch (laughs) when referring to it. Uh, that's uh-huh. how that's how that's how big cricket is in Germany. But mm-hmm. we actually have uh, someone in the national team at the moment um, who played official ODIs. Oh wow! Okay, okay. He, he played for Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay, but now he's uh, he's in the German team because he um, had to flee his homeland. Oh yeah, that's unfortunate to hear. But maybe it's a bo- you know a bone in disguise as far as Germany is concerned. But also, I hope, you know, that person uh, makes a nice life for himself. And uh, if this is his profession, playing cricket, then uh, I hope he's successful at it while playing for Germany. 
Well, I am a little bit familiar with the German cricket scene. You do have a fledgling um, club cricket scene and also there's a national team and uh, I see sometimes, you know, there are uh, internationals that have played with Germany and it, it's very interesting to follow. But I, I can imagine it's not as big as one of the top 10 countries in ICC or um, I don't know how far they are really from playing test cricket. Well, about 30 to 40 years, I would guess. <laughs> it's an interesting question simply because it's very tough to actually understand if it's ever going to work as well because I don't know if you know anything about uh, cricket in the Netherlands. They've been playing organized cricket here more than 125 years, right? I know, I know, I know about uh, about cricket uh, in the Netherlands. Um, mm. I actually read um, Neverland by Joseph O'Neill. I don't know if you have uh, read it, but uh, it's about a, a man from the Netherlands uh, who connects with the Caribbean immigrant Hmm. seen in New York City through cricket. Ah, Really good book. Really good book. Thanks for the recommendation. I'll, I'll tr go try find it and maybe I don't read enough about cricket. I must be frank. I read a lot of other things. So maybe it's time I started going into a few cricket books and this could be a very uh, complex book in terms of both social commentary as well as um, reading it's, about cricket. It's, it's, uh, it's fiction. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fiction fictional uh, story but it's it's really it's really good it's really good all right there you go so yeah. i'll try to find me this book online maybe uh, audible has it or something so but okay good to know thanks for the recommendation now i think we should dive into the cricket so let's start off with the uh, test match between india and australia i don't know Three what months. you thought of it leah <laughs> well it was it was a wild game it was a wild game hmm, hmm. I mean, on the first day, it was a it was a pretty good start by India, two hundred and thirty three for six at stumps. Right. Was I think their best, their best start in Adelaide, their best first first day in Adelaide ever mm, in terms mm. of in terms of wickets in hand. And I thought, okay, they're in with the shot. Um, in 2018, um, they made a first innings total of uh, 250. And um, at the beginning of day two, the batting wasn't flawless, let's say it that way. Mm -hmm. But 244 was okay. It wasn't that far off by uh, from, from 2018, and they won that game by 31 runs. Then they bowled out Australia for a reasonable, in a reasonable way. From India's perspective, I thought um, they didn't have that many problems with the tail this time around. Mm -hmm. Tim Payne resisted a bit. Uh, Ashwin got uh, Smith for, for one. It mm -hmm. was really, really good. And then today um, I woke up way too early, <laughs> made some coffee, witnessed 90 minutes of absolute carnage and decided, okay, back to bed it is. <laughs> I can imagine. I won't hold it uh, against you or I don't know if anybody can hold it against you. It was absolute carnage. And, you know, I count myself as lucky because today I couldn't get up in time. So previously I was, be I was able to get up. For example, yesterday I followed most of the game, even though yesterday was a working day, right? So I was able yeah. to follow up until 9am. I was able to keep tabs. So I follow it using radio commentary. 
the cricket australia app has a very nice video commentary uh, via uh, abc grandstand i find it very high quality actually so i'm very happy to follow it it is but today i couldn't get up and i was like oh, oh, oh you know the first hour today would have been the most crucial one apparently it was not required the game was already decided by the time i woke up so would you like to take us through a bit of that 90 minutes one hour of carnage or is it too uh, well it, it was a it we witnessed history let's put it let's put it that way it was uh the lowest total in an innings ever by india mm-hmm. it was the first time in tests that no batsman reached double figures wow okay that's basically it wow go on it was just it was just abysmal <laughs> that's that's one beautiful word to summarize it indeed so look when i yeah when i looked at the highlights i probably i don't know if you ever got a chance or you will because watching it live was already probably painful enough for you so when i looked at the highlights i clearly saw that you know uh, australia bowled well right they really bowled well some of those deliveries had to be played at it was very tough to leave those especially i think there was this i saw this comparative panel uh, where there were the four deliveries bowled to i think mayank agarwal virat kohli cheteshwar pujara and rahane if i'm not wrong and it was very tough to leave those four balls because they were so close and uh, so beautifully aimed and also the length was so clearly set up that you couldn't simply let it go that meant you know you had to play at it but the moment you played at it well you nicked it but was it was it uh, was it one of those days where uh, it was just perfect bowling or do you attribute anything to the indian batting as well for this failure it's it's really it's really hard to say because the first day india's first innings india's first batting innings mm. um was was a really really slow grind um but i thought in the second innings they forgot everything they learned in the first innings in the first innings they they seem to be aware of how to play on australian pitches what to do and in the second innings there was none of that there was none of that you know i saw um, an article in crickinfo uh, in between the two days i think at the end of day 2 if i'm not wrong and they said india seemed to have you know come ready to get their hands dirty so to say and yes. they are ready to you know scrap ugly and play the dirty game and block a lot of time this is old school cricket right where you play half a day out and you don't expect too many runs out of it but in the end the runs will come and that's what happened on the first day because in spite of losing a couple of very crucial wickets at the end of the first day india i think were placed okay uh, 233 for 6 yeah. you could have thought even a 300 was possible from there i mean unfortunately in the next morning it took 25 balls and australia ran through the rest of the indian lineup that was very unfortunate and well look and i think a couple of those batsmen could be held culpable because i thought ashwin could have probably let that ball go and same for saha definitely for saha i, I remember it was a very yes. wide ball but okay you have uh, 244 on the board but you have a very determined fast bowling lineup here and they made it count ashwin bowled beautifully and i thought one of the positives as far as the entire game was ashwin's bowling but also in general you have a lot to take away from that so now you have taken your opposition out you are usually very bad with the tail but somehow you found a way uh, i think tim pain played exceptionally well he should be given a lot of credit i thought manas labushkagne played very well he he you know he did the dirty work there right at the top of the order and then pain looked really really comfortable that one of the only batsmen in the entire game to look comfortable if i might say right 
even though probably Kohli outscored him by just a little. But then, yeah, that's it. I think thanks to Payne, they came so close. Otherwise, it would have been probably a 100-run lead. But then, okay, fine. You've you've bowled the opposition out. You've gotten a lead, a psychological advantage. Well, you lost a wicket overnight. Again, happens. Then what? Really, I think Hazelwood bowled magnificently. Hazelwood, I think, is very Magrath-esque that way, right? You give him an inch and he'll probably finish the innings out. And that's what happened. Also, Pat Cummins, I think, was wonderful. He was the one that started it off, right, in the morning? Right. When I look at it, the top order completely looked bamboozled. It looked like... A club side, my club side. So I play some club cricket here in the Netherlands. It looked like my club side playing against top, top quality, top class cricket. And they were just completely blown away. Everybody was almost dismissed in the similar manner, caught behind, caught in the slip cordon. Um, well, Bumrah, I won't hold it against him. He had to be dismissed. He, he gave a tame catch back. Pujara caught behind, Kohli caught in Gali, Rahane, Hanuma Vihari, all of them caught by pain. And then Ashwin also caught by pain. First baller again this time. The complete shocker. Nobody tried to eat eat up a bit of balls. I think Hanuma Vihari showed a little bit of that. Nobody really did it. Vridhiman Sahar tried. I think Mayank Agarwal tried. But look, how do you explain this, Leah? I can't. <laughs> I can't. Especially after that first innings. It was it was really... India were really, really good. Hmm. They came hmm. to Australia. They played two warm-up games. And they put in the hours... And it showed right. on the first day. Maybe the pitch is deteriorating really badly. But then mm. Australia won by eight wickets. So it's it's not the pitch, I guess. Right. I can't explain it. No, I see where you're coming from. So, okay. You know what? Let's say this was a real, real shocker. It never happens again, right? In a career, look, this Australian team, or an Australian team, was also bowled out for a very low score back in, uh, I think, 2017, was it? it? Was a South Africa where, you know, most most people couldn't really believe what happened, but well, it happened, right? So, yeah. Do we say, yeah, you know what? It happens very rarely. We forget it. Do we move on, or do you think is is there a possibility of this happening again uh, on this tour for this Indian team? I hope not. Hmm. I hope not, but um, and, and and I don't I don't think it will happen on this tour again because that was that was such a catastrophe that was so humiliating uh, so so humiliating I mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone uh, will absolutely knuckle down and never let this happen again. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's see if, as they say, from your uh, lips to the ears of the guards. And may it never happen because in my lifetime, I don't want to ever watch this. That was that was absolutely bad. But okay, you know, bad things happen. It was one-off, let's say. Now, let's let's see what do you think in terms of a change of personnel? Do you see any change of personnel? Well, one is enforced. Kohli will go. So Kohli who do will you go, see? Yes. Any other personal change, do you think? Well, I think, yeah. well, I think, yeah. yes. Well, I think, well, I think, um, pretty sure hmm. it, he has a he has a flaw in his technique. Right. Um, he scored he scored uh, four runs in the match. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough for mm-hmm. an opener. I don't I don't think. And I but I don't want to be too hard on on Pritvi Shaw because think about it. He's he's twenty one years old. Um, he's been living in in bio bubbles for. I don't know how many months now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they say cricket is a mental game. Yeah. Uh, you need to concentrate. You need to be um, comfortable. You need to to focus. And I I couldn't have done what he did or what he does mm-hmm. um, with all this mental strain of um, isolation and constant checks with the mm-hmm. pandemic. I couldn't do it. Okay. And so. I think it's give him give him a break. Give him a break and and don't don't be too harsh on him. He's young. Mm-hmm. And he's in an exceptional situation. Agreed. Um so I would probably rest Prithvi. Um I think I might try Pant instead mm-hmm. of uh, Zaha mm-hmm. as wicketkeeper. Especially now that um, that the pink ball game is done and um, everybody says the pink ball does so much on the lights and okay, so you picked Saha because he's the better keeper. Mm-hmm. And now in the red ball games with the Kookaburra, it doesn't do that much. Maybe the runs that Punt might get mm-hmm. could make the difference. I don't know. You could try it. Okay, let's go through that. Let's unpack that one by one, right? So okay. your first point, Prithvi Shaw can be given a break, right? Uh, who do you have in the squad in his place? Do you think? I think, I think I'd have uh, Rahul open mm. instead of instead of Shaw. Um, okay. I don't know um, when when Rohit will be available. I think um, uh, after the first two tests. I think that's the best yes. case scenario. Okay. Yes. So maybe maybe Rahul to open in the next test and um, slot in Gill instead of Kohli. Mm-hmm. Rahane should move up to four and Gill to five. Mm-hmm. I think at least for the second test. And let's wait and see what happens in the second test and then start thinking about how to accommodate Rohit, maybe. That would be my idea. My opinion is that, well, Prithvi Shaw has had a bad match, no doubt. Right. But might be that uh, if you drop him at this stage, maybe it sends out the wrong message as far as he's concerned. He did okay in New Zealand. He didn't, you know, break any records. We know that. Next one is in Melbourne, right? Next is the the standard, let's say, boxing day test in Melbourne. Yes. It's a bit more, um, a bit more, let's say, even in terms of uh, conditions. It helps both batsmen and bowlers, no doubt. There'll be a huge crowd. It, I think, it has to be handled with a bit of, uh, bit of care here. The situation with Prithvi Shaw because he's come back into the team after serving a ban. Maybe he, he's, he's not yet completely confident. But um, as long as you know, he's, he's given the right kind of words. Maybe having him sit is a good idea, but also. Um, you might give him one more test, I think. That's my opinion, because you don't want to tinker too much with this team. You, you're going to lose Virat Kohli, right? So, in as much that I agree with you, I would probably play KL Rahul in this 11, keep the rest of the 11 as is, and probably bat KL Rahul at 4 or 5, right? Depending on where Ajinkya feels comfortable, but retain the rest of this team, because this team is having that, you know, that, uh, that anger probably about how they've done. We don't know if Mohammad Shami will come in because there is there are yes. there are some scans on his arm that looked really really nasty the way he got hit yes. and 
I didn't see that telltale, you know, that bubble that you get on the arm the moment it gets broken. So maybe there is a bit of good news here that at least he might be available for one of the upcoming tests, if not right away. But if Shami plays, I would say he should play in the 11 because all the wickets that Bumrah got at the beginning of the Australian innings were thanks to Shami, right? And then even to an extent, even Umesh Yadav, because the pressure Shami exerted from one end, right? He, Shami was exceptional. He was very unfortunate to not get any wickets in the first test. But look, I, I can't fault too much with this bowling lineup. They did their job. It was really the batters that let us down and the tail in the first innings and the rest of the entire batting lineup, right? In the first and the second one, right? So it was terrible. But I would say, give this team another chance. Don't go for any wholesale changes. But I get the feeling the management might be headed your way. They might actually bench Prithvi Shaw, bring in Rahul to open and Gil to bat at number four or number five, right? And yeah. next comes the biggest question, really. I purposely parked it till the end. I'm still a big fan of uh, Vriddhi Saha, right? I think Vriddhi Saha should play uh, because I don't see him doing too many things wrong in this test in terms of his major, his main role, that of keeping. I, I actually fault him a little with the batting, right? In the first innings at least because one, one you lose a wicket. You lose a wicket. The way he got out in the first innings was a bit crucial because he has the, he has the maturity to play time, right? So... Ashwin got out in the first over, Vriddhi saw it happen, but then he chased a wide one in the second one. That was not required. In the very second or third over of the morning, you can you can wait, right? You've seen how your um, the rest of the top order set this benchmark for you. They've played a lot of dirty cricket. First 40 overs of the first day was nothing, literally. So you had to take a leaf out of that. That's one thing I think I, I fault him for, but I think he looked good behind the stumps. I would say Vriddhi Mansaha should continue, but again, I get the feeling... Now, this is a new team. Huh? Kohli is not there anymore. It's Ajinkya Rahane's team for the next three tests, presumably. Right? Yes. And we will have to see how what sort of a call they want to take. So, I wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want to really um, blame them if they want to play Pant. Because Pant is, again, very exciting. Of course, he has this, you know, this half an hour um, where he may take the game away. You know, uh, suppose yes. Pant had played in the first test. Just, just hypothetically, Pant had played in the first test. And instead of Riddhiman Saha, there was Pant in the second morning and Pant had gone ballistic for the next 60 minutes or so, right? Who knows, he could have crossed into 325. And I mean, that wouldn't have taken anything away from the debacle of what happened in the third day. But that changes the complexion of the game. So, you know, the, there is this always very exciting prospect when Pant is playing. So, uh, we'll see. For me... My 11 wouldn't change too much. If possible, only one change. Kohli goes out. Maybe KL okay. Rahul comes in. Right? But the other, uh, there is another possibility here, which we have not yet discussed. Pant to play only as a batsman. Because KL Rahul is a right-hander. Pant is a left-hander. So, yeah. then you play Pant in the middle order. After Rahane at five, you give that, you know, this, this uh, extra masala tarka in the middle order. You have Hanuma Vihari, who's very steady. You have Rahane who's steady. You have Pant who's the unpredictable element there. Right? This is the other call. So, this is something I would do. If if I were the management, I would probably pick Pant ahead of Rahul. This is a left field choice, but it gives the India that oomph, that X factor. Right? And then give this team another chance to show what they're made of and let them take a test back. Right? Let them win a test. So, now, if you were to just look at the bigger picture a little bit, you know, the World Test Championships is still at stake and India mm -hmm. started in the worst way possible. So, 
in terms of the rest of the tour we'll have to really see how it pans out but what do you think what does your gut feeling say it's it's a bit it's a bit difficult with the um with the changes they announced hmm. recently because of the the pandemic and um the new way to calculate uh who is on top by um percentage of series played or something like that percentage of points earned versus percentage yes. matches yes. something else like indeed yes i i don't I, it's it's hard it's hard and i don't know if india can make it i think new zealand is in with the shot indeed for the final now i think new zealand are in with the shot now there were some scenarios india have to win three games three games hmm. they need to win the next three games in this series uh, to be in the final of the world test championship i think well it will also really depend on uh, how the uh, series against uh, england goes for sure right they have a home series against england a four test home series yes. that's going to be very important but if they lose this series 3-0 or something that's it it's out right yes so they will have to actually at least pull one or two tests out of this series if they win the series 2-1 or something that's the best 3-1 well nothing better than it but if they were to lose this series 2-0 or 3-0 i think that's it they're they're going to be in a lot of trouble right so i'm really seeing the next test as the really crucial one both in terms of how india can progress in this series but also how they actually you know perform in the rest of the um, world test championship so it's yeah. it's indeed very crucial so yeah we really hope as india fans right that india does yes run. we do but now we have to also look at it from the other perspective from an australian perspective they didn't do well in the first innings but they really did well in the second I mean exceptionally well they have one of their openers who was unperforming non-performing uh, joy burns now has runs he has a unbeaten 50 wade did all right in the second uh, innings so what do you think now if warner comes back into this 11 well the bowling bowling attack probably picks itself no need to discuss that too much it it does now if warner comes in is it a straight swap for you between warner and uh, wade or do you see any other combination no i guess i guess uh warner for wade is the only the only uh change i would make and i think okay ashwin got steve smith in the first innings for one mm-hmm. but he's steve smith right <laughs> he he will he will make a century in the series at least one mm. he's really good indeed indeed you can you can dislike him for a lot of reasons but he's really good at cricket i i take your point so you know it's going to be uphill for india there are no there are no easy ways out here that's all clear no 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 but for australia i think they have begun exactly as they would like to and that possibly means that you know they have given themselves a very good chance of qualifying ahead of india probably right so if they can win they are already the top ranked team now after the adjustment on the system so if they let's say take the series 2 nil or something and they have one more tour of south africa um, then you know they give themselves a really good chance they will probably be targeting a 2 nil if not 3 nil after this victory they have a lot of confidence going ahead and they have home advantage right so yes yeah 
I think I think Australia have set themselves up perfectly. They couldn't have asked for anything more. And I I would say it's going to be probably Australia New Zealand final in the WTC as it stands because you know when India India host England they'll have they'll have a little bit of anger that they will want to exercise. So probably they'll take England down with them. That means you know Australia New Zealand it'll be. So yeah, this is this is all these are scenarios. But I think uh, as Test match fans, the next couple of months are going to be really, really exciting. A lot of interesting things are going to happen. Right, Leah? Yes, of course. And, okay, it was a really bad day for India today. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think in the end, it's still just a game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a game. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see that it might great. hurt if your, team, if your team loses, but you have to think of it Long term, it's it's a it's a great rivalry. India hold the border Gavaskar Trophy at the moment. Mm-hmm. If India lose this series, look forward to the next series because we need revenge. Right, Raka. It, it's yes, it's it's a game, and it's. I always uh, remember this story that um, American journalist. Um, Keith Oberman hmm. told once um, about um, 9-11. He was right. um, in New York at the time and mm-hmm. um, a police officer came up to him and recognized him and he was a, he was a sports reporter mm-hmm. uh, for ESPN. Right. And um, the policeman asked him, do you think the Mets are in with a chance tonight? Mm-hmm. And Oberman looked at him and said, what are you talking about? The World Trade Center has been attacked. Right. The Mets don't matter. <laughs> and, the policeman said, and the policeman said, yes, you're right. But today, uh, tonight, mm-hmm. I get to go home mm-hmm. and for three hours pretend that they do. That's my, that's my perspective on, on this whole thing. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's just a game. Right. So I would say, look, at the end of the day, it has to be that, uh, you know, um, we have to keep perspective. It's it's yeah. just another game. But this answers a bigger question. Why cricket is probably so popular in uh, the Asian subcontinent, right? And why we love Bollywood. We, li- we like our distractions, right? Probably life is so much of a grind that we like our distractions. It's, it's a longer discussion, yes. probably. Yes. Not for a I, cricket I totally, podcast. I totally understand. I totally understand. <laughs> now, uh, going ahead, let's take a look at the next game, the other international that was played from the last episode. So this was a T20 between uh, New Zealand and uh, Pakistan. Were you able to follow yeah. this, uh, Leah? Um, I, I um, looked at the scorecard. I didn't, uh, I didn't follow it live. Um, mm-hmm. Although it was streamed on YouTube by the official uh, channel of the New Zealand Cricket Board, Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't didn't watch it. I I just looked at the scorecard. Right, right, right. And what do you think of it? Um, well, uh, if I remember correctly, Pakistan came back from ninety something for five, mm-hmm. or eighty something for five. Right. Um, but New Zealand um, are basically unbeatable at home. Pretty much. No, yeah, no, matter, yeah. no matter the format. Mm-hmm. They are unbeatable at home. At least 
I did not give Pakistan too much of a chance after, you know, they slipped to a very precarious, as you said, six for 79, right? I mean, there was not a lot to be had, but oh, yes. they kept fighting. Shadab Khan, the new captain of this team, now that Babar is injured, scored a 42. And then Fahim Ashraf, Imad Wasim, Khushdil Shah, everybody showed a bit of guts. You know, they kept, they kept going. Yeah, I mean, 153 for nine in the end was a very reasonable total from where they were. But this New Zealand team is at, is at a next level, at least when they're playing at home for sure. And Jacob Duffy, the debutant, took four wickets. He took, I think, three wickets in his very first spell. He must think international cricket is a joke or something. But at least when it came to batting, you know, New Zealand also did not have it easy. They were uh, two for 21. And uh, Martin Guptill has had a very lean time these days. But Devon Conway, who's usually been doing good in his debut series, also got out early. But Tim Seifert stayed. Len Phillips, Mark Chapman, James Nisham, everybody started contributing. And in the end, it, it looked like they might get a bit tight. But then uh, the captain came in, Santner, and just blasted a couple of, well, I think a six he hit. And then that's it. And the Nisham hit the other sixes. So they just, they looked so complete. It was a very good performance. I mean, it was a counterpoint uh, that day because um, the way the test match was going to what happened on the field, it was the first day's game that it coincided with. And it was, it was fun to watch. While, you know... It, it, you know, as they say in India, you need a small piece of a pickle while you're eating something very bland sometimes. So, it, for me, it was a perfect match. <laughs> I was looking at the game uh, of New Zealand and I was listening to the radio commentary of the Indian game. So, it was perfect. So, and uh, yeah, it, it finished in time for me to start work as well. So, everything was perfect there. So, at least, you know, I don't really see Pakistan being able to come back. What you said is right that... Um, New Zealand are a powerhouse at home and they are going to have, um, they're, they're going to probably, you know, take the series through, steamroll Pakistan, but you can never write Pakistan off. That's one of the truisms in cricket, right? So right, right. you never write them off and they have a lot to show as well. Their top order has a lot to answer for because probably with Babar Azam there, he masked a lot of those cracks in the top order, right? And now that he's not there, this top order will want to say something for itself. Mohammad Hafiz, who's probably near the end of his career will want to make some meaningful contributions. They have these other newcomers, right? So, for example, Khush Dil Shah will want to say something. Rafiq, who's the other newcomer, will want to say something. They probably miss a banker, somebody like, you know, uh, Haris Sohel. He's not very attractive, but he scores those ugly runs. He can hold an order together. They would probably use something, somebody like him very nicely in that uh, 11, but he's not on tour, right? So, I think that's why Shadab Khan plays a bit uh, ahead um, than he would normally do in a test game, for example. So, Mohammad Rizwan, the keeper opened. I would have probably opened with uh, Mohammad Hafiz. Probably he doesn't have prefer it, but for me, Rizwan should play in the middle order and for somebody like Hafiz should open because he has the experience as well. But okay, I mean, all those are arguments. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, um, Shafiq opened and you would, you would replace him with Hafiz. Both mm -hmm. made ducks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right, right. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have changed that much in this game, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, try it, try it. Why not? Maybe a, a lost, maybe a lost game is um, a chance to shake things up a bit, because you right. see, this doesn't work. Let's try something else. Well, I mean, they have a challenging time on their hands. Frankly, they couldn't get as much time as they would have wished to acclimatize themselves. So probably they're going to use the first and the second T20s also just for acclimatizing. So, yeah, but, you know, as I said, they are the team that are capable of some, um, you know, 
unheard of sudden surprises they're able to spring these surprises so let's see how they're able to do look i think it's going to be an interesting one i think it's tomorrow so i'm really looking forward to that one and yeah moving on if you were to take a look at the um, you know the other game the uh, i don't know if you followed lpl at all so the final of the lpl was played out i did and I did. Uh, did you did you catch probably the finals of it uh, yes i i did i did catch uh, parts of the final and um, yeah jafna put up a very good total and um, gol wasn't wasn't really able to come anywhere close to it so i think the really interesting thing about the lpl this year was that um, sri lanka cricket um, who have been rightly criticized for a number of reasons mm-hmm. were able to put up a really good tournament there were no problems there were no covid outbreaks nothing right and that's right. that's really that's really the thing i take away from from this tournament it was really good and right. the quality of cricket was really good i would say yes it was um, i think they also it was a success in terms of staging the tournament itself yes and um, they got away without too many you know infections or something along the way and it it was good they chose a venue which was relatively safe they had these bio bubbles in place also when you look at the finals i think shoaib malik has been consistently performing for his teams uh, all across t20s but also for jafna stallions he did it in the final he scored a 46 then also took a couple of wickets right and yeah. why i'm putting it in focus is that him and probably uh, usman shinwari would probably consider themselves a bit unlucky to miss out especially usman shinwari who bowls fast but these days is also bringing some control into his game but also when you look at the rest of the 11 i think tisara pereras form vanindu hasaranga the way he played well he's broken into the test team uh, from sri lanka that will go to south africa so that's a win for him he was pretty much unbeatable right through the tournament right so there are plenty of positives so for a short tournament short burst of very attractive cricket right gol gladiators i think they got they got on the wrong side in the final they were just beaten by a better team on the day still they had a couple of good good things to look forward to azam khan's form the way and mohammad amir himself well i think we should we should also quickly talk about mohammad amir in this case did you did you follow what happened mohammad amir is retired from international cricket yes yes i know i know what are your thoughts on that i wonder it's well it's it's a very pakistan way to retire from international cricket mm-hmm. it's it had elements of a soap opera he accused the board of mental torture and stuff mm-hmm. like that after being banned for 5 years it was i don't i don't know i don't know i think mm-hmm. there's a total breakdown in the relationship between the board and the players Mm-hmm. it's it's really it's really not good and it's really hard to watch from outside this okay. this um airing of dirty laundry in public mm. and stuff like that yes it is unfortunate that's that's the thing it's mm. it's really unfortunate i think there was a lot of pressure put on him Sure. we don't really see what was happening behind the scenes right but one thing i can definitely tell you some of what he said sort of rang true to me because 
I've heard indeed enough people who belong to the establishment criticizing him. For example, Vakar Yunus, uh, never holding back his opinion. He's not one of those people. He always said uh, Muhammad Amir underbold after he was brought back. I think one thing Pakistan board felt they oh you know he owed them a bit more because um, of all the money, the time they have invested in him in his rehabilitation, bringing him back into the squad, sort of telling the other players to shut up and play in spite of you know them not being happy when they had to play with Amir and these things. So the board did a lot for him. They felt and at the end of the day. Uh, they felt a bit cheated, if I may use this term, right? Even Ms. Baul Haq, the chief selector and the head coach spoke about, you know, um, yeah. not enough work from Amir Putin. And also, they probably trimmed him out of the national contracts, right? He was always available for the uh, shorter formats. The, after he came back, probably he was a bit unlucky and he decided to leave himself out of the longer formats. But, you know, this happens in Pakistan cricket. You, you let a person sort of mature on the sidelines for a little bit. Bahab Riyas, decided to bring back himself for a longer format now. So it could have happened with Amir as well. I think it it may have used a little bit more delicacy, if I may use this term, right? Probably the situation could have used a little bit more delicacy and it could have been sorted out in a different way. But, well, they probably went with a heavy-handed approach, but we really can't see what happened behind the sidelines. No, we of course, of course we can't. But um, watching all this play out, from the outside, it it felt like a soap opera, oh, and yeah. and that's and that's unfortunate. I think I think um, Pakistan deserves better mm-hmm. uh, from from the cricket establishment and from the cricket players. Um, they're really passionate about their team, and I think they deserve better governance mm-hmm. of the sport in Pakistan and a bit more responsibility from some of the players. Look, I think as a counterpoint, they have brought in Wasim Khan, who at times can feel a bit of the same, but he's trying to bring transparency in. They're trying to clean their system out. They're trying to make it more accountable, trying to weed out these people who are always in the mix, no matter what happens. They're trying to bring in fresh faces. For example, they appointed Mohammad Wasim as the Park chief selector. So yeah. th- that's a good step. He, this guy's this guy's played at the top level also. He seems to have had some coaching experience until recently. What that means is he's been looking at domestic players very closely, right? This is the sort of man you want. So they initially appointed Mizbah, but then, you know, Mizbah rightly said, you know, probably he'd already said it when he was appointed that these things are never said out loud, but he'll probably function in a temporary way in both the roles. Then he stepped down. Now they have a a chief selector who does the job full time, right? They're trying to do other things. Also, they tried to put their weight behind Amir when he came back. They tried to give him enough chances. But also, I think in very crucial, very crucial moments, they can be a bit hasty. For example, the way the way sometimes I found the reaction from Wasim Khan and also Mizbah when they were forced to quarantine a bit longer than they would have liked. So this was a country that had almost no cases. So they are bringing a bunch of people from overseas. And you have to be a bit more responsible. And sometimes, you know, it can also be that some cases are uh, found probably midway during the journey or something. These cases may have come out. So, but you have to be a bit bit concessional, if I may use that term, rather than a bit bullish there. I didn't see that. But at the end of the day, fine. They're also playing cricket. So I think 
at the end of the day, probably if both the parties are unhappy, it's best that they part ways. Mohammad Amir also, I don't know if it's the right way to air this dirty, dirty laundry as you said it. But if he's unhappy, it's best to step away, right? But as you say, it's a very Pakistani thing to do. But one or two years down the line, you may see Mohammad Amir again playing for Pakistan. What do you think? Well, the second um, he announced his international retirement, mm-hmm. um, everyone and their mother was asking how long until he um, returns, <laughs> until he unretires. And mm. I don't, I don't think that would be. I don't want him to unretire hmm. because if you if you retire as a kind of gesture, hmm. you can't just unretire again because it cheapens your gesture. That's that's what I think. I hope he keeps um, playing franchise cricket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a shame he he won't be playing any long form cricket. Mm-hmm. But I think the PCB really needs to to reform mm-hmm. they need to reform. and i mean it's it's basically true for all cricket boards mm-hmm. the governance in cricket is really really not that good all all the boards are really 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 bad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I mean just look at south africa it's the third trim board this year so I think I think they need to clean house, and if they do, then I can see an unretirement happening. Well, he did indicate he was unhappy with the um, current, let's say, setup, the coach, the selectors, and these yes. people. So yeah, it might be that in the future he may unretire. But you brought up another good point: South African cricket board, right? Did you see yeah. that? The person who was appointed as, let's say, the convener of selectors has been sacked. He is saying he shouldn't have been sacked. Did you see that fiasco? Yes, yes. There was there was so much, so much going on in in cricket South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it started uh, with this uh, with this report um, where they actually had a had a a sheet of um, of money spent and um, they paid I don't know something like seventy thousand dollars just for his booze. Yes, I, I remember this. Yes, I remember reading this. <laughs> so that's so, a bit so, much, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything after that is okay. So they did that. Okay. At least they didn't spend 70,000 bucks on booze. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And everyone is getting involved. The government is getting involved and no one knows what's going on exactly because the board says, no, we are the board. And the government says, no, you've been sacked. Right. And, and who, is, who is in charge right now? It's mm. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, we really, really hope they're able to sort themselves out a little bit, right? It's, it's not a good look. It's really not a good look if you are uh, looking at it from outside. There has been a lot of government interference for sure, but uh, you know they have to sort house themselves, and you know they just have to write off this year. And look, when it comes to impropriety in terms of the amount of money spent from your employer in, towards your own entertainment or your own you know food and dining expenses, that does seem a bit excessive. But they need to 
close the door on it because the rules were in such a way that he can't be brought to account, right? Or they have to find a way to bring him to account. There have been some, um, also a couple of other board members who 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 will be, who will have some hearings in the upcoming months. So all of this they need to sort out. Also, the minister there keeps interfering, right? Yes. They, ha- they have these very strict uh, targets in terms of you know integration, and they have to hold these up. So they have multiple multiple things to indeed uh, sort out. But we really hope you know, South Africa is a very passionate team. Uh, as a fan of cricket, I don't want to see that team really deteriorate in terms of uh, performance when it comes to all of these things affecting them. I really hope they're able to clear the decks, give their team a chance to show what they're really made of. Because this is one team that's so talented but has never won any silverware when it comes to international cricket, right? We really want them to win some multi-format tournaments. We really want them to also you know, uh, shine when it comes to uh, the way they play in test matches and so on. So I really hope they're able to sort house. That's that's one, let's say, not so nice news. In another not so nice news, did you see that video of Mushfiqur Rahim losing it on the field? I did. Well, I did. And what do you think of it? I think you shouldn't you shouldn't be so so invested in something as basically inconsequential. Now I know it's very consequential for him mm-hmm. because it's his livelihood. Mm-hmm. I know that, but no. No, you're a grown man. You shouldn't do that. I think it's it's like it's like the um, like the debacle in the Nidahas Trophy all over again, yeah. where they smashed where they smashed um, the door, something like that. All that nagging dance and all that. Yeah, I remember. Yes, yes, and all the all the um, Dinesh Kartik as a snake charmer videos <laughs> and stuff like that. Yes. No, you're right, but. I think I think they're way too passionate when it comes to I think this is a team that could or uh, I shouldn't generalize but this is one player who can sort of chill out a little let me put it like that right and um, when I saw the video it's nothing that happens every day in any form of cricket two people converging on a ball what I remember is the bowler actually backing off a little bit letting the keeper because he was going to put in a sliding dive he saw and he sort of backed off there was nothing to be admonishing him about it all i mean to give him the benefit of the doubt it's probably a lot of this frustration that uh, of all this bubble and you know not being able to do your thing yes. probably boiling over right yes it, it 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 might very well be and i think okay in in this in this regard we should be a bit more lenient in our judgment of players but you shouldn't you just shouldn't do that but at least he accepted his punishment and showed contrition uh, in public. So fair play, fair play to him for that. Not okay. for the original incident, but um, for not making a fuss about being fined. That's okay. Look, they have they have a couple of very big ones coming up in terms of cricket and they have to pull their act together. Shakib Al Hassan is back in the 11. So that's a boost in the arm as far as they are concerned, right? Things seem to be heading in the right direction for them. So Bangladesh as a cricket team, they just need to gel together and they will have the result shortly. So I think it's just one-off. That's the way I would like to put it. But he has shown temperamentally he can be a bit, you know, warm. As people who come from the uh, tropics can be a bit warm like that. And uh, I think it's time to temper it a little. You have to show it in the game rather than show it on the field, I would say. No? Uh, It's it's not just... People from the tropics, as you say, I think it's just 
and I can I can say that uh, very easily. You mellow with age, <laughs> right? It's okay if I if I say that uh, that was an overreaction. It's easy for me to say that because I'm a bit more I'm a bit older than him, mm-hmm. and I can I don't know I I think it's it it just it just happens. You get older and. Um, you see, you gain a new perspective and he will gain a new perspective or a wider perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, will, he will probably say to himself, why was I so stupid back then? So, of course, you shouldn't do it. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, the circumstances and the fact that he, he needs this, it's his life. I can kind of understand it. And, um, well, the aftermath in the aftermath, um, he he behaved pretty mature. So there's that. Indeed. So we can write it off as a one-off. I'm sure he's learned his lesson. Now, going I further, so. a couple of uh, not so nice things as well. One is, uh, you know, co- Corona-related news that in the South African, uh, let's say, squad that was initially selected to play Sri Lanka, yes. two people have tested positive. That's terrible. But, uh, you know, two other people are getting an, a, a chance. So, Luto Sipamla and uh, Reynard van Tonder are selected to play in the squad at least. But then this is really unfortunate that, you know, two more players are found to be COVID positive. Do you see this really having any impact on the, um, on the tour itself? I think the problem in South Africa seems to be that um, there seem to be problems with biosecurity. Um, the England tour was called off because there was a breach in the bio bubble and you just can't do that. You have to be more professional right now. People have to be aware that right now as in a, in a sense, professionals in entertainment, mm. a lot of people count on you and you have to, you have to do everything 100% right in regard to biosecurity, not just because you have a responsibility to the people that watch you, but because as cash strap as Cricket South Africa is, you need to do everything you can to make sure that tours go on as planned, because otherwise you will lose even more money and you yeah. can't do that. That's that's what I don't get. These are these are trying times for sure. Mm-hmm. But you need to do everything by the book. Otherwise, you lose a lot of money. I don't know what's, what's, uh, what's going to happen in the aftermath of, uh, of England's tour to South Africa being cancelled. But I guess Sky wants some money back. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've had that ugly spat between Channel 7 and uh, you know Cricket Australia, right? That's uh, always played yeah. out. South Africa really don't want to be going down that line, right? Yes, of course not. And it's 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 so predictable that mm. this will happen if you cancel a tour because you didn't ensure biosecurity. So you have to do everything you can. That way, I think a lot of credit to the ECB for pulling off a whole summer almost of cricket, right? Yes. Also to BCCI yes. and the ECB, that is the Emirates Cricket Board there in in the Middle East, where they were able to pull off an entire IPL, right? So, yes. and of course, as even Cricket Australia are doing it now, Sri Lanka did it with LPL, right? So, 
they have examples probably you have to agree how it has to be done and do it that way and make sure you follow it as you said by the book so that you don't have any repercussions because of that that's indeed all very good points so we really hope you know there is um, sri lanka give give themselves a chance to tour south africa and indeed this really goes on because if the tour is cancelled south africa will be in a lot of a uh, lot of problems so let's let's really hope that it comes out in a positive way in another not so nice news so azim rafiq has really uh, filed a legal claim against yorkshire yorkshire county cricket club in terms of yes. racism yes yes and uh, it it comes a little bit after the fact it must be said but probably it's an aftermath of the rest of the you know the movements that are going on all over the world but uh, do, you, do you think first of all i don't know if you re- you read read up about what's being said here in detail and do you think there is systematic racism that still exists in english cricket and i don't know if you have an opinion on that i i think of course of course there is systemic racism in english cricket because there is systemic racism in wider society Mm. basically everywhere and yorkshire cricket and english cricket is part of society so <laughs> so i really i really i really think um it's a problem and i had it was it was a bit iffy uh when pujara said mm. that they called him steve <laughs> uh during an during an interview um in i think it was 2017 could be i think that was the year 17 or 18 that was the year he went to play yes 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 and i had a had a had a knot in my stomach when i read that I read that interview um and and now it turns out the problem is far wider because mm. they called everyone who wasn't in their eyes white steve <laughs> apparently yes yes that's that's a problem indeed that was terrible but uh, we really hope you know if the sort of news that comes out is actually contributing hopefully to making it better the society as a whole right well, one Every- yeah one would one would hope so one would hope so that um the larger black lives matter movement um and the larger movement for social justice mm. um mm. just just shines a light on these incidents and and these tendencies and just makes them socially unacceptable on mm. a wider on a wider scale right i i hope so indeed now i i think we are as a species if i must say i mean if i can generalize to that level we are really growing up right and many things that were acceptable 50 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago we say no no way is this acceptable now that's that's all good right so we really hope we are able to again yes. continue to grow and uh, there are always learnings and yeah i think we 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 will get there right so it's it's a bigger uh, bigger thing to say but okay now coming back to um, the last couple of topics we have for this let's say episode so parthiv patel has retired from all cricket he started very young he's only 35 but he started as a 17 year old right so that's a long career yeah. what do you think of it was it a fulfilled career do you think he won the ipl with mumbai indians Mm-hmm. um he won um the said mushtaq ali trophy he won the ranji trophy he led um gujarat gujarat, gujarat. yeah yes uh, didn't he lead them to their first ranji title as far as i know i think they were runners up but i, I can't remember maybe he did no, yes no he won he won i think he won he won the ranji as their captain Indeed. he led them to 
to their first first class title. I think he can look back at his at his career and uh, be proud of what he did. Mm -hmm. He was he was a really good player. You're right. 2016-27 Ranji Trophy they won under his captaincy, yes. right? Absolutely right. And of course, look, you can always say he would have had a much more stellar career um, given probably you know he always had competition from MS Dhoni. Uh, that was that was a formidable competition to be frank. Yes. But also you have um, you have uh, also Dinesh Karthik and other people that were in the reckoning in that in that time period must be said. But I think he he can be reasonably happy with what he achieved, right? So uh, I think so. There are always more you could have done, right? There are always you know you'll regret these um, individual instances. Probably his performances in a couple of tests, for for example that one in. Australia in the retirement test of uh, Steve Waugh, if you remember, right? Yeah. There are there are always things you can look back and feel a bit iffy and like, ah, oh, this could have gone this way, this could have gone that way. But you're right. All in all, he can probably consider it a very a fairly successful career. So we really wish Parthiv Patel all the best going further uh, with his career. And uh, maybe, you know, we get to see him in different roles. He, he's he's um, He's been on the uh, on the commentary team for, I think, Trick Bus. Mm. For, for the for the test right. uh, down under it was I think his first media assignment, but um, he seems to have found something to do after cricket after right. playing actively. Thank so you. that's good. Th that's a very good point. I think his his he can he can always have a career in media as a pundit, right? And uh, that that's going to be good for him. And also somebody who's been around the international team and set up for so long will have so much insights to offer, no doubt, right? So that's one thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if you also wouldn't try his hand out at coaching. I get the feeling he has the makeup for being a good coach, really. He's he's always he's always come across as um, a pretty thoughtful guy and really calm. Actually, I think. IPL teams, for example, really, really need more domestic coaches. I mean, in the last in the last season, um, the only Indian coach, the only Indian head coach, was Kumble, uh, Anil Kumble, mm -hmm. uh, and the other head coach of uh, South Asian descent was um, Mahela for Mumbai. Mumbai. You're right. So yeah, I think we need to bring that. Uh, coaching setup, when I say we, the BCCI probably need to also pay a lot of attention to make sure their coaches are first of all qualified, also they can bring they have a very wide pool, for example person like Virendra Sehwag tried, it didn't go too far for him probably but, you know, speaking about one coach to another, Watmore Dave Watmore seemed to be com completing a South Asian sojourn he's now appointed the coach of Nepal He's done yes. it before in Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Zimbabwe. He's a very experienced coach. I mean, he's also coached in one of the teams in India. I realized he was a coach of Kerala. Somebody on Twitter pointed it out. So, is this is this is this the most evolved coach? Somebody who would take Nepal to the next level? Do you think? I think it's I think it's good um, that uh, Nepal have a have an experienced coach, uh, an international coach at this stage. Of development as a cricketing nation, I think it's really it's really encouraging. On the other hand, that someone like Dave Watmore says, "Okay, I will coach Nepal, um, who are just an associate nation." I think that's I think that's good. 
it could it could be good mm. if it mm. if it leads to if it leads to growth to success and recognition and i'm all for it right now i agree with you and uh, that's how it can be indeed that somebody like nepal will really really use his uh, skill his uh, skill as a coach his man management no doubt right so <clears throat> let's see if you know he can take nepal to the next level maybe get them a chance in playing in one of the world cups maybe the t20 world cup to begin with right so a lot nepal can look forward to let's see if that's going to work out so we wish they what more all the best in his role so that that was indeed a long and a very nice chat but before we wind up right let's also do a trivia question we we don't do it every episode so we had asked previously okay. a trivia question a few episodes back i'll just remind you of what the question was let's see if you can get it right, right. yes so the trivia question we had asked in the 100th episode of our podcast was which country has fielded a set of three brothers for the first time and the only time in an international and uh, if you know who these three brothers were because you ask it as a trivia question i'm hmm. guessing it's not the chapels nope no three sets of brothers not a set of three brothers ah, so oh 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 three three sets of brothers yeah you need to is go it, a little bit it, back is it is it is it is it zimbabwe indeed it is zimbabwe now you get extra points if you guess the uh, um the only ones i know by name are the flowers of course fair enough they were one of the one of the three brothers. one of the three okay um no i i can't think of the names of of the other two um but i have to admit i think i have read it on uh, on espn quick info uh, on the ask steven column mm-hmm. once i think someone asked that and i just remembered zimbabwe had three sets of brothers indeed uh, first of all I, i i should tell you i am astounded by the cricketing knowledge you possess many people who followed cricket across many many decades probably will not have this kind of knowledge first of all i'm very impressed by that i should congratulate you on your knowledge thanks to answer your question of course it is the whittle brothers the flower brothers and the strang brothers that played in a <sighs> test match versus new zealand right for zimbabwe this is in 1997 in harare right so it it can only happen in zimbabwe you could almost say <laughs> so but it did happen and okay that that was the trivia question from the last time we asked and this time we'll follow up with the trivia question as well so the trivia question is you know we had asked once has there ever been a 100 and a hat trick in a test in an odi it has never happened in a test by the same player right so but has there ever been a 100 and a hat trick by the same player in a t20 game do you think t20 game at any level that's the question and if you know the answer don't say it now but you can tell me off okay all right i think we can wrap it up i would like to really thank you for your participation leah and it it has been a really really fun conversation i didn't thank you. i didn't i didn't get any feeling that i was talking to somebody new it's like we've known each other for many many months or years and we've have we are having this conversation about cricket so it would be great to have you if possible again Uh, on the show we can plan this and if you are interested we would really like to have you i'd be delighted to be back anytime all right thank you so thanks a lot for being a part of our uh, show would you like to say something about uh, yourself in terms of your interest in cricket or anything else or also maybe your social media uh well um you said uh, where i can be found uh, on twitter um mm-hmm. at linux L E A Lia now it's 
All good. Thank you very much for having me. The pleasure was surely uh, ours to have you. And uh, yeah, that's all for this episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. Thanks a lot for, uh, you know, staying tuned into all our uh, listeners and fans. So first of all, we had a fan submit, a, you know, a new you know image for us. So we would like to thank that fan. He is called Sumanth and he listens to our podcast right from its inception. So we would like to thank Sumanth for this nice new profile image that he's given us just in time for Christmas as a gift. So that's the new logo that I use in Twitter. And I'll probably also update Facebook shortly. So thanks to Sumanth. And similarly, if any other listener or any other fan would like to have a chat with us, you know, we are always available. Twitter at armchaircricketpod or mail armchair.cricket at gmail.com. Do feel free to reach out to us. So having said all that, it's a goodbye from me and Leah. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.